Masechet Pesachim Daf Yud Zayin. Not the easiest stuff today. Uh, we are. The topic is overall um, liquid impurity in the Bet Hamikdash. So liquids have their own characteristics, and in the Bet Hamikdash there are exceptions to the even those uh, complicated characteristics. So that is um, that's what we'll be talking about. Um, it's a, a, a complex because we're going to see three different overlapping. Uh, controversies about this. I'm going to try to fit them all together. So if you like puzzles, you'll like this. Um, but I tried to make it uh, clear by making a two-page outline today for the first time. Never had a two-page outline before. Um, all right, so hopefully we'll go step by step and uh, we'll, um, we'll try to figure it all out. Okay, yesterday we were introduced to the, a conversation that's in uh, Haggai and Tereasar. Chagai, one of the last prophets, comes to the Kohanim as they're rebuilding the second Bet HaMikdash. And he asks them a couple of questions. So let's remind ourselves what they are. Um, the first question is, if someone is, has, is holding Besad Kodesh Bichnaf Bigdo, um, the simple explanation is that someone is holding something, holding sacrificial meat in his garment, and that touches any kinds of foods or drinks. The question is, does holiness get transferred? Is it um, transmutable? And they say, no, right? Holiness is not. And then he says, what about if it's something tameh and that touches something else? Then does that transmit to Tum'ah? They say, yes, that's correct. And then he says, uh, Haggai tells them back, um, so too is are you people, um, all the things that you do are tameh. In other words, even though, even though you're making holy sacrifices or you're, you're right, um, but you're still tameh, they actually were already making sacrifices before the Bet HaMikdash itself was built. They had a Mizbeach. So this is great you're making sacrifices, but there's Tum'ah all around. And so, you know, Tum'ah does, is, is transmittable. Uh, Kedushah is not. And therefore, um, you better uh, clean, up, clean everything up and make everything Tahor and rebuild the Bet HaMikdash in the right way. Okay, that's the simple, straightforward meaning. Uh, but the rabbis see here, a halachic conversation. And in their take, Haggai is testing out the halachic knowledge of the Kohanim to see, do they really know their ins and outs of the laws of Tuman Tahara? And so in their reading, Besar Kodesh is not sacrificial meat, but rather euphemism for something that is impure. It's talking about a sheretz, um, a dead, a dead uh, rodent. Um, so this sheretz that a person, the Kohen is holding, or uh, in his in his garment, and so that's touching the garment, and then that garment touches bread, and that bread in turn touches a stew, and the stew touches wine, and the wine touches oil. So it's not touching any of them, which is the peshat, but rather it's touching them in turn, this and then this and then that. Um, then does it become tameh? And they say no, it doesn't become tameh. It's too many steps. Um, but then he says, well, what if, like, take away the garment? Yeah, let's say you have temen nefesh, not a rodent, but, but rather a person who was defiled by a corpse. And he touches any of these, probably meaning touches the bread, that touches the stew, that touches the wine, that touches the, the shemen. Then does the oil become temen? And they said, yes. Okay, so that's so we, we have two cases. I'm going to call this Haggai number one and Haggai's question number two. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to see two interpretations of this. So let's get right into it and see what they are. Gufa. Rav Amar ishtabash kahane 
Shmuel Amar, La Ishtabash Kahaneh. We saw the beginning of this already yesterday, that Rav said that the Kohanim failed the test. They, they made a mistake regarding number one when he was asking them. Uh, they gave the wrong answer. They said, it's not Tameh. But in fact, the first case is Tameh. And Shemuel said, they got the right answer. They said it's Tahor, and in fact, it is Tahor. Okay, what their difference is, they are interpreting the case slightly differently. How so? Rav Amar Ishtabash Kahaneh, According to Rav's interpretation, he counts four steps. And so the question was, um, if, uh, if you have Ava uh, Tuma, and then it goes uh, four steps, the fourth one, does that become Tameh? This is sacrificial meat. Um, and they said Tahor, but in fact, we know regarding sacrificial meat, it goes to a fourth level. So they should have said Tameh. So Rav said they made a mistake. Shemuel interprets the case differently. He says, He counts five steps. And so it goes from Av down five. The Shemin is the fifth level. And there's nothing past the fourth level. Um, so they said Tahor and they were correct in saying Tahor. Okay, let's see exactly how they count this in the Pasuk. Let's go back to the verse and look at it. So according to Rav, they were asking as follows. If I have this Sheretz, and that touched bread. So the Sheretz is Abatuma. That touched bread. That's Rishon. That touched Nazid, stew. That's Sheni. Yain is Shilishi. And that Yain touches oil. So the oil would be Revi'i. So therefore, it should have been Tameh. And yet they said, no, it's not Tameh. So you see, they got it wrong. Okay, so that's how Rav interprets it. How about Shemuel? Shemuel is going to add Bichnaf Bigdo. This uh, Sheretz is touching the garment. So the garment is the Rishon. And then the Lechem is Sheni, Nazi, the Shilishi. Yain is already the Vi'i. That's the end. And then they, he, he asked, how about the Shemit? Does it go to a fifth one? And so they said, no, it doesn't go to the fifth one. According to Shemuel, they got the right answer. Okay. Both of them are ignoring the kol ma'achal at the end. That's just a side point. Um, okay, so that's miketiv. Ela Shemuel chamisha menaleh. We just saw where Shemuel get five. Miketiv benaga kenafo. Benaga bichnafo ketiv. Bamesh benaga bichnafo. Right? It touched something on the, the, the corner of the garment, but not the impurity itself. All right, good. So now that we saw that, I'll show you the outline. Um, so that was Rav who said the Kwanim failed the test. They got the second one right, but the first one wrong. So they got a 50 on the test. Shemuel says they passed, they got 100. Um, okay, Rav explains it as Rebi'i. Shemuel explains it as uh, five levels of Hamishi. We're going to see now um, a first a challenge to Rav. Um, uh, from the corpse impurity, from the second case, Chagan number two, uh, we're going to have, we're going to answer that, and then we're going to see a challenge to Shemuel um, from the Chagai's response at the end. Uh, but they'll they'll both answer it. So let's first see Rav's, the question to Rav. Tashema vayomer Chagai imigatem nefesh bechol ele hayitma vayanu akonim vayomeru. So the second case is uh, not talking about a sheretz, but rather something that touched the corpse, uh, um, and so You see, in the second one, they knew the right answer, um, and presumably there was uh, another uh, uh, step uh, step above. There's no, there was no uh, garment there, and so we said on that case, yes, uh, surely it becomes tameh. 
And so you see, they knew the law. They were taught, they knew the second case. They got that right, and they knew the first case. They got them all right. Uh, first case was four levels. The second case was uh, was five levels. First case was five levels. The second case was anything less than five levels. And so that's why they said tameh. Good. What's the difference? According to Rav, either the Sheretz touched uh, the first item and then that goes down four, so it should have been, should have been Tameh, or a Tamehmet touched the Lechem and then it goes down to the oil and that's the fourth level, so it's, it's Tameh. So how come they got the first one wrong and the second one right? They're basically the same question, just whether the source of Tumah is... Uh, Sheretz or a person that touched their body it should be the same. Amad of Nachman, Amad Abad Abu, Bikin hen bitumat met, Ben Bikin hen bitumat sheretz. You're right, it's basically the same question. We know that. But these Kohanim, they knew their laws regarding corpse impurity. I get this is a very strict thing. It happens, all people die all the time, they have to deal with it. And so they knew that corpse impurity goes four levels, but not five. That they were sure of. But Sheretz, doesn't happen that often. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't so knowledgeable about that. And so that's that one. That was the first question. They got that one wrong, um, and that that explains it. That's number answer number one. Answer number two. That case um, was a rivi'i. The second case is a, a shilishi. When they asked about temet, they weren't talking about a person who touched a corpse, but rather the corpse itself. Uh, is what touched the le- the bread, which touched the stew, which touched the wine, which touched the um, the, the oil. So since it's the corpse itself, a corpse itself is uh, above uh, is uh, is So then that when it touches the uh, the the meat will make that. Yeah, I'll show you temet. So that's the corpse itself. When that touched, uh, applying the, to the same list on, on number one, but now with Tememet, that touched the bread. Now the bread is Av, Nazid is Rishon, Yain is Sheni, and Shemin is only Shelishi. And so you see, they got that right. That one is uh, Tameh. All right, good. So we solved the question on, Shimu, on uh, Rav. Now a question on Shemuel. Tashima, Bayan Chagai, Vayomer, Ken Ham Hazev, Echen Hagoy Hazel, Lefanai, Neum Hashem. After they answer the two questions correctly, right, uh, answer the two questions, um, then Chagai says, So too are you guys Tameh. Now, Bishlama Lidav, Hainu Dichtiv Tameh. It makes sense according to Rav. Rav says they failed the test. They only got a 50. That's why he said, oh, well, you guys don't know the law. That's So therefore, what you're doing in the in the, the works of your hands are tameh. You better learn the laws better. They aced the test. They got both questions right. So therefore, um, why is he telling me telling them that what they did is tameh? Rather, maybe he was speaking rhetorically. Oh, so can it be that what you what, what you did is tameh? Oh, you must know what you're talking about. But that's not quite right because the pasuk actually says says that their actions were in fact tameh. So the answer is the truth is that they did know the laws of Tuman Tahara very well. Then that they did fine. The, their problem was with their other deeds. They were doing other bad things. Um, according to the Septuagint on this Pasuk, they were taking bribes, or maybe they're doing some other immorality. Whatever it is, they were doing something else. And therefore, he said, 
even if you're keeping all the details of the ritual to mantara correctly, 100%, but your other actions are not good, then we're going to consider all of the service that you do in the Beit HaMikdash as if it was Tameh, right? You can't just keep this particular ritual and forget about all the other uh, important uh, Torah, Torah laws. Okay, that's actually quite an interesting reading of the Chagai. He's testing them out. He says, oh, you know all the laws? Okay, very good. You got this one, you got this one. Then why are you so corrupt, right? Um, uh, okay, so now we solved the, uh, we, we uh, resolved the question for both uh, the challenge to both Rav and Shemuel. Okay, now we're going to bring in a second machloket. Um, now this time between Rav and Levi. Um, and two interpretations of what uh, Yoseb ben Yo'ezer said. I remember Yoseb ben Yo'ezer, we saw his Baraita earlier. He was the, one of the, the earliest of the Zugot, one of the earliest sages during the times of the Maccabees. And he said that temple liquids are tahor, special law, special law in the Bet HaMikdash, that the liquids there cannot become tameh. Okay, um, and now how much did he mean that? Did he mean that totally all liquids, they can't become tameh at all, somewhat, and so we're going to see one uh, one machloket about this. We actually already saw half of it um, in the in the previous uh, previous page. Rav says when he said temple liquids are tahod, he was only talking about blood and water in the slaughterhouse where there's blood and water. That area is always tahod. All those liquids are tahod. That's but he wasn't talking about other things that go on the altar, like oil and wine. Oil and wine, you go and, you know, you, you uh, manufacture them outside of the Bet HaMikdash and you bring them in. And then those things that are meant for the, or even though they're meant for the, for the Mizbeach, they can become Tameh. So Rav is limiting what Yosef Ben Yo'ezer said. Levi, on the other hand, has an expansive definition. He said, when Yosef Ben Yo'ezer says, temple liquids are tahor, right? Meaning they don't give off Tum'ah. He was talking about everything, blood, water, oil, and wine. Okay, so that is Rav and Levi. Let's see that inside. Gufa, Rav Tane, Mashke Bet Midbahaya, Velevi Tana, Mashke Be Midbahaya. Okay, that's what I just said. Um, but yeah, right, so uh, according to Rav, it's referring, Yoseh Ben Yoaz was to, to, referring only to the liquids in the slaughterhouse, Mitbah. Right, like Tabach is a slaughterer. Um, Levi was says he was talking about the house, the house of Midbahaya. Dalit in Aramaic is like a Zion in Hebrew, meaning Zebach, right? Um, the Mizbeach. Uh, so that is talking about all liquids are Tahor. Okay, very good. Now is going to get the, the part that's a little bit complicated. Um, it's assuming that we already, we all already, we still remember the uh, the machloket we saw yesterday. Remember, we saw seven questions on Rav. Um, and that was talking about this machloket between Rav and Shemuel. Also about Yosef ben Yoezet. When he said that temp temple liquids are tahor, what did he mean by that? Rav takes it more expansively regarding this, less here, but more here. He says that liquids are tahor, meaning they are tahor in and of, them, and of themselves and they don't transmit, right? They don't transmit and they cannot become tamed themselves. Okay, Shemuel said, no, when Yosef ben Yoezer says that temple liquids are tahor, he only meant that they don't transmit tum'ah to other things, but they themselves can become tameh. So Shemuel is more limited, is limiting Yosef ben Yoezer's statement more than Rav in this case. So now what we have is 
three machalokot, I label them A, B, and C, and uh, they all are actually related to each other. So now we're going to try to figure out is what combination of these three will actually work together. This is like when you go and vote, you know, if you, if you go Republican down the line, that's consistent. If you do all Democrats down the line, that's consistent. But if you're going to do, uh, you know, on for the national, you're going to do a uh, Republican, but for the local, you're going to pick a Democrat. And, you know, so then does that, does that make sense or is it inconsistent? So that's what we're going to try to figure out. Uh, before we get to the Gemara, one, one, one opinion that was we're already assuming, because it was all the way at the top of the daf that we did yesterday, is Rav. You see that this one is between Rav and Shemuel. This is between Rav and Levi. The third is between Rav and Shemuel. Uh, so Rav, Rav's opinion appears in both, in, in all three. So Rav should be consistent uh, throughout, and he is. Uh, we, already, uh, we already concluded that. So let's see how that works. Um, so Rav is, is consistent because he says oil and wine uh, can become tameh. Uh, so right. So in other words, he said when Yosef and Yosef decree that temple liquids are all tahor, that only applied to blood and water. Blood and water cannot become tahor at all. And that's what this says. Not even that they can't become tahor even of themselves, but only blood and water. Oil and wine are like regular liquids. They can become, they can become tahor and they can, they can transmit tum'ah. Um, and so therefore, when Haggai was talking about his case, remember Haggai was saying, if the bread touches the stew, which touches oil, which, wine, which touches oil. So Haggai was asking about wine and oil. And so therefore, his question makes perfect sense. Um, and he can explain both of those cases as he did before. If it's a Revi'i, it should be okay. If it's Chamishi, then um, uh, it, right, if it's a Rav said, right, if it's a Revi'i, then it should be Tameh. Um, otherwise, uh, he said both of those cases are Tameh because both of them were Revi'i and one was even more. So um, so that's that's Rav. So Rav is consistent because he says, uh, Chagai was talking about oil and wine and oil and wine are not part of what Yosef ben Yosef said. They do become Tameh. Every, everything is good according to that. However, what about the other, other line? Does Shemuel, right? Shemuel, I assume, is going to be consistent with Shemuel, but does he agree with Rav in, the, in B or with Levi? And alternatively, how about Levi? Can Levi agree with Rav in these cases, or does he have to agree with Shemuel in those cases, or something else? Okay, so that's what we're going to see. We're going to start off with Levi and uh, with the assumption here that um, everything, Yosef Ben Yoezer says, Temple liquids are tahor. He was talking about all liquids, blood, water, oil, and wine. Okay, let's read it in the Gemara first. Lelevi. Hanicha isavira le kishmuel tamar dachan militame tumat acherim. If Levi agrees with Shemuel, who says that um, uh, purity it's, purity means it's, it, uh, it does not transmit pure, uh, impurity to other things, but it itself, the liquids themselves can be impure, then that makes sense. Then we can explain Chagai's case if they all touched the Rishon. In other words, if uh, not that it's a chain, but rather that uh, that Temet, um, that, uh, touched um, touched any of them, you know, it touched the uh, bread or it touched the wine or it touched the uh, stew. 
So in other words, as follows, if we assume that the second machloket here, that Levi says all liquids are pure, right? So now that's an expansive definition, all of these liquids. Um, so if that follows Shemuel, who says that those liquids can become tamed themselves, Tamed themselves meaning they can become a Rishon, right? Because if a Sheretz or Tamed touches a Rishon, then that Rishon liquid does become Tamed itself. And that explains Haggai's case. Haggai said, can it become, if a Tamed Sheretz, can it become Tamed? And they said, yes. So it's not talking about a list. It can't be talking about a list because um, even according to Shemuel, it doesn't transmit to the next one, that one itself. So that works. Um, okay, good. But if Levi follows Rav, which is the next line we're going to read, if Levi thinks that um, all, 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 um, uh, all liquids are included, and he th- says that liquids do not become impure, right, then you're really limited, okay, because this is, these are the, the, the two most expansive definitions of Yosef ben Yo'ezed. And so if all liquids, including oil and wine, cannot themselves become impure, then you have no case for the Chagai's second one, where they said Tameh, right? There's no case where liquids can become Tameh in the Beit HaMikdash. Um, and so since they have no way, of, this, this would have no way of reading it, it's impossible that Levi here uh, can agree with Rav. Levi has to only go with Shemuel. Uh, let's read that inside. The Levi, um, okay. If Levi thinks all liquids are included and means they are really pure, they do not become impure, we can never have a case where they become Tameh, and so we can't explain Chagai. Therefore, Levi is going to agree with Shemuel. Um, okay, good. Um, it doesn't say explicitly here, but it sounds like Levi would agree with Shemuel here, and would also, he could be perfectly well uh, agreeing with Shemuel in the, this case also, um, because he doesn't have to say he's talking about a uh, Hamishi, um, which it can't be, but rather, uh, Shemuel says it's talking about a Hamishi, but Levi doesn't have to agree with that interpretation. He could just say that it's touching any of them. Okay, so Levi and Shemuel, uh, this Levi and the Shemuel work together, so that's fine. But now the, I know Levi can agree with Shemuel, but how about the other way around? Can Shemuel agree with Levi? Uh, sounds like it should be the same. The problem is that Shemuel here said, explain this case to be a Hamishi. Why is uh, the first case, right? The first test. Why is the first test a Hamishi, right? Because it has to be a chain reaction. And that's why they said Tahod. And he said, it's correct. It's correct because it's a Hamishi. That means if it was less than that, it would be Tameh. Well, how can you have a case where it would be less than that? Let's see. If Shemuel agrees with Rav, that's talking only about uh, wine and, and, and water, uh, water and, and, um, and blood. Um, but other ones, uh, wine and oil, uh, can become Tameh and give to of Tumah. Then Well, then it does, this is a problem um, because, no, so then, then it would be fine, right? It's talking about oil and water, and oil and water can transmit to ma, then it makes sense. Levi cannot give off to Hamishi, and that was, their, that was the first question. Um, and so that's why they said Tahor, which is correct. But if it was Shilishi to a Revi'i, then it would uh, uh, give Tumah. And that was the second question. So if Shemuel follows Rav, it's all good. 
Ela isa vala kelevi. But if uh, if Shemuel would agree with Levi that that all liquids are tahor, then why would he explain that the first case of Chagai is talking about a fifth level? It never it never transmits um, impurity. He wouldn't have to go that far. Therefore, Shemuel must agree with Rav uh, to see that in the chart. Um, right, so we saw Levi cannot, Levi um, has to follow Shemuel, he cannot follow Rav. Um, however, Shemuel, since he said that the first case is talking about a Hamishi, it's only Tahor because it's so many levels down. If Shemuel that follows Rav, that only applies to blood and water. So Chagai is talking about oil and wine. So that everything makes sense, right? Chagai's first case is talking about oil and wine that transmit, but they transmitted all the way to a Chamishi. So they said that's Tahor and that they got the right answer. And the Chagai too was less than that. So they got the right answer. But if Shemuel would follow Levi, that all liquids are pure, meaning they, they, cannot, uh, they cannot transmit, then there's no need to explain the first case of Chagai as a Chamishi. It's going to be Tahor, and uh, no matter anything past the first, past the Rishon, is going to be Tahor. Okay, so to, uh, to summarize what we have here, we have these three different overlapping Mahalokot, and um, you can spend you know, a couple of hours trying out all the different possibilities, but basically we ended up with uh, three um, permutations that work. You can follow Rav down the line, and that would be okay. You can follow um, Rav and then Levi and then uh, Rav again. No, wait. Shimu, uh, Levi has to. No, uh, sorry, Levi. Um, right. Shemuel has to agree with uh, Rav. Yeah, okay. Oh, so you can follow Rav down the line. That's number one. You can follow Shemuel. And then Rav in the second case, and Shemuel again. Um, that's okay. Or if you want to follow Levi, you can follow this one of Shemuel, but not the full statement of Shemuel here, meaning not the interpretation he gave to Chagai that has to be Chamishi. He could just interpret it slightly differently. Um, and then so Levi himself, he can pick and choose. So he doesn't. He can agree with Shemuel in one thing and doesn't have to agree fully with Shemuel in the other. And so there you go. We were able to put together all of these different uh, permutations. Okay, now that we've uh, solved that, um, we're going to see a Braita that supports Levi, the, his opinion is that all liquids are Tahor, another Braita supporting Rav, that no, no, only uh, just water and wine in the slaughterhouse, those are the ones that are pure, but not oil, not oil and wine. Sorry, water and blood. This is a blood. Okay, let's see. Um, tanya kevate de Rav. Tanya kevate de Levi. Tanya kivate de Levi. We'll start with Levi first. What is the proof for his opinion? Hadam vehayain vehashemin vehamayim mashke be midbahaya shinitmeu bifnim vehotzian lachutz tehorin. So he says these four liquids. Already you see that we're in Levi territory. We're in uh, uh, Levi territory, but the Brayta mentions all four. These are the liquids that can be offered on the on the mizbeach. Right, I mean, dam any sacrifice, blood often comes with it. Sacrifices often come with a, a wine libation. Shemin, if you have a, a mincha offering, you mix it with uh, oil. Water on Sukkot, we pour water onto the mizbeach. So these are all things that go on the mizbeach. If they became tameh, 
if they touch something tamer in the Bet HaMikdash, they're pure, right? They're okay. And then if you took them outside later, tehorin. In other words, it's kind of like being vaccinated. Once they're in the Bet HaMikdash and they're designated to be put, uh, placed on the Mizbeach, then they are protected uh, from Tum'ah. Even if you take them outside the Bet HaMikdash, they're still okay. But the other way around, but if they if they became tame outside the Beta Mikdash, right? They're manufactured outside, and even if you does it also, I'm gonna bring this to Beta Mikdash, um, and they became tame. No, the protection does not work outside. So even if you bring them in later, uh, it doesn't it doesn't help, their tum'ah remains. Okay, the point for us is all these four liquids, once they're inside, are protected, cannot become tame. That's what Levi said. Okay, so this is a good proof. We have another question from it, just from another source. That's a statement. He says that these four liquids are only pure in their place, meaning in the Bet HaMikdash. Well, that sounds like only in the Bet HaMikdash. That implies that if they became Tameh, there, if they touch something tameh inside, and then they went outside, then right that uh, they would become tameh the second you take them out, right? Is that what he's saying? And that would be against uh, what um, this baraita says. Uh, no, rather, what he meant. This is a really question of Biyosheb and Levi. So rather, what he meant is that the other case when they became tameh outside, and then you brought them in, no good, only in their place. Uh, okay, so but he said that doesn't fit with what he said. Bim command meaning in their place, uh, they're in their place. They're tameh, but if they're, they're tahor, right? Which would sound like even if you take them out um, afterwards, it would it would be it would be tameh that they don't retain their vaccination status. We're just adding a word to what he said, and that makes it clear. What he meant to say is, we only say liquids are pure when they become tameh in the Bet HaMikdash. Then, no matter what happens to them later, even if they're exposed outside, it's okay. All right, so we solved that question. Now, another Baraita supports it. Only those two. Those are the only two things that you'll find in the slaughterhouse, blood. And water. These things, when they're in the Bet HaMikdash, whether they touched a Kaliya vessel that's impure, or they fell onto the ground, um, and, and that uh, it doesn't matter, they are Tahor, even if they touch something, uh, they, these are tahor, whether, whether they're being held in a, in a vessel or they're on the ground and then something touches them while they're in the vessel or while they're on the ground, they are tahor. Okay, see, he only says these two, but nothing else. Um, okay, so that's the proof already from there. Um, we're going to continue, though, because that Braita has a second part, too, that Rabbi Shimon Omer, Bakelim Timein, Bakarka Tehorin. He makes a distinction. He says, if the water falls on the ground, we're going to see on the later on the stuff. The reason is when water falls on the ground, then it becomes kind of like a mikveh. Even though for uh, for human beings, you need a, a large amount because you have to fit your whole body inside. Midoraita, even if you have a small amount, you can uh, you can dip small things in it. Um, and so it, become, it becomes connected to the ground when it's on the ground and therefore cannot become tahor. But liquids that are in a vessel, 
do become Tameh. Okay, the Bishimon is disagreeing with everything we see we saw above. Right? If you remember back a couple of Dapim ago, there was a major machloket between different students of Rabbi Akiva and from one extreme to the other. Rabbi Eliezer says all liquids are Tahor. And Viudas is all liquids are Tameh. And then in between, the Bishimon is one of the ones in between. So he says vessel uh, that liquids do generally become Tameh if they're in uh, if they're in if they're in a vessel. Liquids in a vessel do become Tameh. Okay. Um, now that we mentioned the Bishimon, we're going to do some analysis about uh, upon him, and we're going to see a couple of statements by Raf Papa. Let's see. Even according to the opinion that liquids outside the Bet HaMikdash are become Tameh Mide Oraita, like Rabbi Shimon thinks, um, even according to them, the liquids in the Bet HaMikdash is uh, we learn a halacha, right, from oral law, halacha on Hashem Sinai, that the Oraita law does not apply in the Bet HaMikdash. His chidush is as follows. Usually we say something that's a summa Oraita is a summa Oraita everywhere, outside and in the Bet HaMikdash, like uh, laws of Shabbat. Um, only things that are Durabanan don't do not apply Laws that are prohibitions the Rabbanan do not apply in the Bet Hamikdash because they're careful there. That's what we usually say. He's saying now adding something to, to that. He's saying regarding impurity of liquids, even if you say it's Deoraita, it becomes Tameh outside the Bet Hamikdash. There is an oral tradition that says the Bet Hamikdash is an exception to that Deoraita law. All right, that's what he says. But we're going to see two challenges to Rav Papa. Here's number one. Okay, so the first this first challenge is from the the this this big braita that we've been uh, talking about that has Yosef ben Yoazed, it started off with Bieliezer saying all liquids are pure everywhere, and his proof was from the fact that Yosef ben Yoazed said that all liquids are pure in the temple slaughterhouse. Well, now if something could be uh, pure could be pure in the tamet tahor in the when I say Tahor, it means it cannot become Tameh in the temple, but it, but it could be biblically Tameh outside the temple, that's what Papa says, then the Eliezer would have no proof from here, right? Because it could be that Yosef ben Yoazid is saying, in the Bet HaMikdash, it, the liquids cannot become Tameh. But maybe there's Allah Chal Moshem that outside, it does become Tameh. So the Eliezer has no proof that liquids everywhere cannot become Tameh. So you see that this, the, the assumption here, uh, right, if there wasn't really a halacham Sinai, then the Be'elez would not be, have been able to make that inference. And therefore, there's no such thing as that inference. Okay, this question is not answered. Um, but nevertheless, maybe I guess it's not quite strong enough to totally disprove him. And so we bring another. Uh, so, right, the one that we just quoted, he said that, if, that uh, liquids can become, outside the Bet HaMikdash, or can become Tameh Mid Oraita. 
How do we know that? Detanya to be Yosef to be Shimon Omerim la Kelim Tehorin la Ochalim Temeim. This is talking about a case where you're not sure if it became Tame or not. If it's regarding food, it becomes Tame. So if you have an, a doubt regarding food Tumah, um, if liquid touches food, it means right. If you have doubtful liquid that touches food, it's Tame. Well, any doubt that's tameh, that means that's asur midoraita. So there you go. Liquids can impart impurity midoraita to food, but not to kelim, because uh, kelim is only to the banan. And therefore, if doubtful liquid touches kelim, then it's uh, then it's tahor. Okay, but it doesn't matter. Still, for food, it's tameh. So for food, it's doraita. So there you go. See, mashkin as has a doraita law. Um, so that is different from what it says here. The Bishimon we just quoted here says, So here he said that the Kelim is Temein. Now, at what level? The Rabbanan or the Oraita? Well, let's see. Regarding Karka, he said Tehorin. Usually, water that's gathered even on the floor, if it's less than a 40 seaf, it's not a mikveh, then it can require tum'ah, midirabanan. Midiraita, it does not require, it does not, because as long as it is a rivi'it there, you can dip small utensils in it. So, therefore, if he's saying bakarka tehorin, he means he's taking, he's removing the dirabanan level of it. Now, regarding kelim, he only said there was a dirabanan level to begin with. Right, because that's what he says. Uh, that's what he said here. That kelim is tehorin me de rabbanan. So therefore, you see, if he thinks, uh, according to Rav Papa, who says that something doraita can become nothing, uh, can be something that's assumed doraita outside the Beit Hamikdash, we permit in the Beit Hamikdash. Then, uh, what's the difference between kelim and what's the difference between karka? They should both be totally tahor. And so this is a strong question, kashya. Now, this word kashya does not appear in all manuscripts, interestingly, and Rabbeinu Hananel does not have it. Uh, make this a bit bigger. Okay. Um, and you see that here's the word kashya, and the printed edition does have it. Uh, however, the Munich manuscript or the Sephardi manuscript does not have it. Um, this one's Ashkenazi also does not have it, and the Geniza fragments don't have it. So even though the Yemenite one does have it, and we always like to go with the Yemenites, uh, but not on this one when we have Geniza and the Sephardi manuscript, and the Benu Hananel also doesn't have it. Uh, so if you take the word Kashya, then that's it. We leave it as a question. If you don't have the word Kashya, then you can read the next statement as, an, as a response to this. So let's try to do that. We'll try to save Rav Papa. Marav Papa had Amar Pekarka Tehorin Lo Shanu Elamayim Avaldam Lo. Okay, when I said that, or when he, the Rabbi Shimon said that uh, water on the ground uh, remains tahor, that only liquids on the ground are tahor. That's only talking about water, but not blood. Any amount of blood on the floor, if something touches it, tameh. Midoraita, um, right? That's the key. So there is a midoraita thing. So when he said here that this, uh, that that was saying it was deoraita, it would have been midoraita, but in the Beit Hamikdash is tahor. So there you go. That that's what it was. That's the, the proof um, for the papa. That's what he was referring to. Kelim, you're right. Kelim is only always the rabbanan to begin with. So that uh, 
that doesn't that doesn't matter. Um, and okay, and and remain so. Okay, even water. And even water only if it has a eat. Uh, then, because you can dip uh, small, uh, small, uh, uh, small needles and hooks in it. But if it's not, then even water that's less than that would be tame um, in, in general outside the Beta Mikdash. Uh, and so this is all this this parata was talking about outside the Beta Mikdash. And so if it's karka tehorin, no, sorry, this is in the Beta Mikdash. If it's karka tehorin, and uh, that is the uh, that is the exception. Um, and that's what a papa was talking about, that outside it can be different from inside. All right, last, uh, last section. Um, now we're going to the biuda who was in the opposite extreme, Amar Mor. The biuda Omer, Lakol Tameh, says liquids are become, make uh, impure any, uh, all things, right? Uh, food, utensils, everything. Wait a second, are you saying that he thinks even on the Doraita level that liquids can make a vessel uh, Tameh? But we have a Mishnah, similar to Mishnah, actually, it's actually a Beraita, but regarding Masechet, similar to Mishnah, Masechet, Masechet Kelim. This Mishnah is very interesting. It says, any vessel that is shaped in such a way that it can contain something that has an outside and an inside, like uh, pillow, cushions, blankets, sacks, uh, leather, leather sacks. Um, if something on the inside became tameh, if uh, you know, a dead mouse fell inside it, then uh, everything, the whole thing, into inside and, and, and outside becomes tameh. But if a dead mouse touches only its outside, the inside is protected. Okay, that's uh, such a such a shape that the point is to protect that which is inside. Um, okay, now Amada Biuda, Biuda, this is out of Biuda. He he qualifies this. Uh, he says, "What this only applies to what liquids that touch it. Um, but if it's a dead mouse, not so. Then dead mouse that touches anywhere, whether it touches outside, also inside. Uh, it touches inside, also outside becomes temer. The whole thing becomes temer. So you see, he dist- makes a distinction between liquids and sheretz. If the whole thing is, if liquids make something tameh on a doraita level, then they should be the same as a sheretz, which is also doraita. And why would he make a distinction and say liquids uh, don't go from outside to inside? That's the question. This question is so strong. You know what? It must be the biuda um, uh, uh, changed his mind. Uh, he holds what he ha- says in this in this uh, baraita, and he changed his mind what he said above um, when he says that liquids are deoraita. No, they're not. That's answer number one. Answer number two. No, he never changed his mind. We're talking about actually different kinds of water. Uh, the case where the, the the baraita here that the water came from doesn't go from outside to inside was only talking about water that's impure midderabanan, like if it touched hands. Hand impurity is only the banan. 
Um, and the other case was talking about uh, Sheretz, when he said it's the oraita, um, that the Sheretz touched the water. Wait a second. If that's if that's the difference that you're talking about in this in this uh, in this paraita here, then you have to should have said that you should have said this is only true um, if it's doraita level uh, impurity in the water, but not rabbanan level. This is a huge distinction. Distinction you can't just leave it uh, assumed. So instead, uh, must be that we're going to go back to the the first answer that in fact he changed his mind, and so we'll end there. That was uh, the biuda who was asking about liquids being tamed doraita, were challenged from uh, Kelim, and the answer is that he must have uh, changed his mind. Uh, so we see that the laws of liquids are uh, complicated in, the, in and of themselves, but uh, certainly when it comes to the Bet Mikdash, uh, they are even, they're exceptional, but the question is just how except, exceptional are there? Are they? And uh, we saw a number of overlapping uh, controversies in that regard, but hopefully we're able to put them all together and see which pathways, um, which path, pathways work together. Baruch Adonai Lolam Amen Ve Amen.